0: Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle featuring your hosts, the Rider Chris Pike and the scoring machine Sean Redditch. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle where we're now entering th- round 13 of the NBL season. Some teams are over the halfway mark, some teams haven't even got to the halfway mark yet, but there's plenty happening in the world of, of the NBL and beyond, and we'll have it all covered here once again on the show, and I'll be a little bit of a different format to the show as I'll unveil shortly. So I'm Chris Bike, your co-host. We're here thanks to Hoop7, but unfortunately this week, or maybe fortunately depending on your perspective as a, as a listener, Sean Reddy unable to join us. This week. He's on Redditch basketball business with his holiday camps this week. So stepping into the shoes for a bit of a longer chat is the defensive legend himself, the the championship captain maestro, Damien Martin. Stepping into the role of Sean and picking up the slack for him is something you're pretty used to. <laughs>
2: so does this mean I can't pass to anyone? Um, I can <laughs> shoot the ball without looking at the ring. Uh, all the unique things Sean brings <laughs> to life in the game, I can try and take over hey, for a man, day.
1: You can just... Do your own thing. Do your own thing and don't even worry about... Pretend you don't even have teammates out there, out there Damo.
2: <laughs> no, he wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad. <laughs> I like this story. Like my favourite clip of all time. Greg Hyer, who never got a dunk during the NBL. His NBL career claims that one time um, I was actually lucky enough to steal the ball. I kicked the head to Sean, but in front of Sean... Was Greg higher and uh, Sean turned him down and went in for a dunk himself. So to this day, <laughs> Greg will not forgive Greg, uh, Sean because he thinks that would have been his one and only dunk during his professional years.
1: Oh, I remember that well, and, uh, and and Sean actually tries to play it down. Sean tries to say that it wasn't his fault, as you as you could, as you as, you, as I'm sure you, as I'm, sure you could, as I'm sure you could you could imagine. Now. <laughs> Plenty going on, Damo, and I'm looking forward to picking your brain about a lot of things now on this week's show. We'll have your Damo Award later on, thanks to Boomerang with, for the best defensive player. We'll have our Tab Touch preview, an extended Tab Touch preview with Maddie Knight later on. Um, speaking of Maddie, you've known him for a long time. You, you won a world championship together. You went to college together. You won NBL championships <laughs> together. Um, did you ever imagine he would move into coaching like he is now? He's currently in Melbourne coaching the WA, WA country team.
2: Yeah, it's It's fantastic that he's you know, decided to put his hand back up, get involved in the game. It's one of those, you know, relationships I had with Maddie where, you know, when we're living in the AOS, you're all in the same dormitory, so we mm-hmm. had you know, 12 months there together. But when we were in Los Angeles together at university, we were in a four-by-four four tiny little room mm-hmm. where the beds, you know, were two metres apart from each other, <laughs> like that's how you, the uni life. Yep. And so, yeah, Maddie and I have been, you know, mates for a long, long time, roommates, for a large part of that, and teammates the whole time throughout. So, you know, I think at one stage, you know, he went to Belgium for one year. It was like any, you know, relationship. We need a bit of separation there for a while. Came back and had another four or five years together at the Wildcats. So to see him put his hand up as one of, I believe, one of the most underrated players that was during that period, you know, Mick of Ocona was probably the premier power forward for a number of those years. But Matty Knight was right there with him. And he was one of those guys defensively that. He would switch one through five, and I had no hesitation that if I heard an on-ball was coming and Matty called switch, that he would stay in front of his opponent and more than likely make it a contested shot, draw a charge, or force them to pass. It was very rarely a blow-by. So, um, yeah, one of the all-time best defenders in the four-man position, and when he played on the back of the basket, he was a beast down low. So, absolutely loved calling him a teammate. He has a plethora of basketball IQ. It's just I didn't see him using it uh, (laughs) as a coach. I just didn't think he'd go down that route. So uh, I would love to sit on the bench and and hear how he communicates with his players because he really is one of those special players that just did the job, went about it, had a great read of the game, a great feel. And if he can get his players to have a similar type of basketball IQ, they're going to go a long way. And as their skill develops, they're going to be one step ahead of everyone else just because of how they see the game like their coach does.
1: Absolutely, and I just, just saw as well, Basketball Australia is actually, thanks to KO, you can actually watch every every game of these junior championships over the next week live on KO. So if you want to have a look at Maddie and any of these teams from across the country on on how they're going at these junior championships, check out KO. That might be worth tuning in for and seeing some of the talent of the future as well. But we're here to talk about the talent of right now, Damo. was a fascinating round 12 in the NBL. Why don't I run through the results and you tell me what jumped out out for out to you from the the games last weekend. So it started back on back last week with a huge win for the South East Melbourne Phoenix over the Elora Hawks 95 to 63. And then the game you saw, you saw close up, the Perth Wildcats 95 over the Sydney Kings 89 and Melbourne United on Good Friday beat the Cairns Taipans 95 to 85. Then we saw the Sydney Kings beat the Brisbane Bullets 90 to 71. The Adelaide 36s snapped their losing streak over the Elora Ooh. Hawks. 84 to 72. Then we saw the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix continue their winning run, 92 to 85 over the New Zealand Breakers. And finally, on Monday um, we saw, or it might have been Sunday, um, Melbourne United 83 over the Kent Taipans 73. What what jumps out at you about about those results, Damo?
2: Look, there wasn't really many surprises. I think the top four teams are starting to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. Mm. I think Southeast is the biggest danger team. You know, yeah. everyone's talking about, obviously, Perth are sitting on top of the ladder and, you know, what, won 12 of the last 13 games or 13 of the last 14. They're playing great basketball. Melbourne United on paper, in my, you know, in my opinion, are the best team on paper, you know, by a long shot. They're the top two teams that teams, you know, everyone's raving about. South Melbourne, with the pickup of Brokoff, with Mitch Creek being allowed to return, mm. you know, Gibbo shooting the ball well, they've still got who I believe is their best player yeah. um, to come back at some stage. Like, we, we're running off double headers where they're winning, mm. yet yeah, they don't even have Kiefer Sykes back. Yeah, yeah. So, when, when Kiefer's back, I just don't know where you find a weakness on that, you know, top seven, first eight players. So, it's not just the starting five that's incredible. It's the, the depth off the bench, you know, Adnam's probably going to go back to the bench, yet he's going to go on to win this year's most improved player of the year and yeah. probably start, you know, in Tasmania next year if all the rumours are true about yeah. them trying to recruit him. So, yeah, South East Melbourne, I believe, are going to uh, cause a lot of headaches the longer the season goes on, provided they can keep their players on the court. And if they do such a thing and, and Sykes slots back in the way I think he will, You know, I kind of rate them as, you know, in my opinion, the NBL favourites. With with Ryan Brokoff, he's going to get more minutes under his feet. His teammates are going to realise just how good he is. Not only just catch and shoot off a few pin downs, but he can go off the dribble and play above the ring. So he's going to continue to get better and going to be a serious threat. And that's, you know, on top of some of those guys I mentioned. And then obviously you've got Wetzel, who is big time. You know, just a big body and and going to play... Huge minutes protecting the ring, getting rebounds, setting screens and embracing an almost easier role, but he's going to do a better job at it and probably play better basketball because of it. Mm. So, South East really stood out for me and then just the, the top four branching It's good to see Adelaide get a win again. Cairns has surprised me for all the wrong reasons this year and it's a shame because you know I love guys like Nate Jawa Jared Kenny, you know, former teammates mm-hmm. who are up there and, and I did that as we spoke about, item in the in the top four this year. Yeah. I can't see anyone getting back in the top four, You know whether it's going to be Brisbane, with Vic Law being ruled out, that's a huge blow for them. So with Hawks being a little bit too inconsistent for my liking, I think we've got our top four in Perth, Melbourne, South East and Sydney. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of where they all finish. I think it's going to be a battle for Melbourne and Perth for one and two, and then Sydney and South East for three and four. But like I've mentioned, South East for me, they could be the team that goes into the finals on a hot streak, and they're going to be very, very hard to cool down.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I guess the only question mark is is Mitch Creek, and, and and Sean and myself spoke about it in a bit bit of detail last week. So I guess we don't need to go over the all of that territory again, unless you want to want to share your opinion. But how much difference would it make if Mitch Creek suddenly becomes unavailable again? Does that how much does that change things for the Phoenix?
2: Oh, it hurts significantly. He's a legit superstar of the league. So, what he does on the court, it's, it's, it's a number of things. Obviously, he's a very skilled player and can put points on the board and maybe their leading scorer most nights. But it's the, the confidence that he also instills in his teammates. With someone like him going into the finals where the finals are won above your shoulders, it's the intangibles, it's the self belief, it's the confidence, it's the willingness to dive on and loose balls, win the possession games. I have and I'm biased, obviously, you know this. The Wildcats tick all those boxes. Mm. You know, they, they've earned that. And they've got players like Norto, Chelsea, who have been there, done it, will continue to jump on every loose fastball, even if it's an 80-20 chance. Not in their favour, but mm. they're going to win it. <laughs> he brings out Mitch Creek for South East yep. Melbourne. Absolutely. So he's a huge blow, not just for points on the board, which I actually think they can make up yeah. with the, the players they've yep. got and with Sykes returning, but it's some of those other things, that toughness and that belief that he brings to the group that I think yep. they'd struggle with if he's on the sideline. So, yeah, their their success for me is dependent on him being on the court because I know Brokhoff's going to be amazing. You're going to have, you know, some points put on the board from Adnum. You're going to have some points put on the board from Wetzel, you know, whoever it is. Mm. But Creek is that stabilising factor for a number of reasons and they'll need that come post-season.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. Now, there's there's plenty of topics that I wanted to to race through with you, Damo. Let's start... The probably biggest, the biggest talking point of the week ended up being Adam Ford coming back to Perth and unleashing <laughs> unleashing his his full thoughts post match. I don't think he was even asked a question. He just unleashed for the next ten minutes on 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 what, on what he thought. Obviously, he's he's been on the right end of that for a few years when he was an assistant coach, and he so he's seen all of this unfold and he probably enjoyed it when it was happening then. And then it, being on the receiving end as a opposition head coach, he couldn't hold it in any any further. You watch the game and the kings did get the rough end of of the stick but yeah i mean it's an interesting one it, it's it's kind of to me it's a natural thing in most sports around the world where a lot of the, a lot of the questionable calls do tend to go in favor of the home team and i would never question the integrity of any officials i just think it's a natural thing where all of a sudden when you hear 10,000 people making a huge noise you feel like something must have happened you blow your whistle and and the call goes that way i, I I don't think there's a conspiracy behind it. I just think it's a a human nature thing. You've seen it. You've been on both ends of it in Perth. You played a couple of years against Perth when you were in Sydney, so you would have been frustrated. And then um, you were on the the right end of it. But I don't know if you necessarily noticed it when you're out on the court. Um, What did you think of what Forty had to say? And now that you've stepped aside and not playing right now, can you see some merit in what what he's got to say?
2: Yeah, so I think Forty was literally asked, what's his Easter plans?" And then he unleashed a 12-minute <laughs> <laughs> bashing of the referees. Uh, look, to be honest, I watch it and I really like Forty not only as a mate but as a coach and he's got a high intellect. So I think the, the question he was determining on his way to that press conference was – Okay, I'm probably going to cop a fine here, possibly a suspension. Is there short-term pain for long-term yeah. gain? Um, and that's what he decided to go with. You know, when it comes to analytics, he's as good as I've ever seen. Yeah. So I'm not going to question the 4.25 or whatever it was. Um, for our cause in favour of the World Cup. So all of that, you know, it, it took me by surprise that he he said the things he did. Yeah. It didn't take me by surprise that he was giving a punishment. But now, what everyone's waiting to see is. Those 50-50 calls, like he was mentioning, you know, with his big setting screen, do they start getting the benefit of the doubt? Do they start getting a few more calls there, go their way? Referees, at the end of the day, are human. So when he was talking about the human factor, human element, mm. I think all of us have made decisions based upon, you know, something that was internal opposed to what maybe we saw at times. Yeah. What goes on as a player, all I can compare it to, um, because obviously I did play for the Wildcats a long time, is I can remember during the years where Adelaide had... Sobey, Creek, uh, maybe Randall was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was a, a DJ. There was a lot of guys, Jimmy uh, was in and out, like a lot of guys who with Joey Wright's style of play, in particular at home, seemed ultra aggressive at trying to get the ball in the paint and Absolutely. trying to attack the ring.
1: I reckon that the year they made the grand final... I reckon they just mm-hmm, lift yeah. off attacking the basket. They didn't necessarily get off great shots. They would just get fouled and lived at the foul line. It, I think you're
2: right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And then I remember the frustration I felt going, that's ridiculous. You know, they're getting all the calls. And you watch it back. And, yep, they, they probably got the 50-50 calls mm. the majority of the time. But they also put the referees in a position to make a call because of how aggressive they were playing at the ring, going at bodies, diving on this was going after rebounds penetrating, getting two feet in the paint. So credit to them because they put the refs and they played with more confidence, more aggression at home than they did on the road. And so that's probably why, you know, just going back six or seven years now, Mm. if you look at the numbers then, I think they won the foul count by a country mile and credit to them. I remember watching the Kings uh, when I was injured my rookie season and and kind of while I was in college and Gordon pretty much had a concept, you know, this is secondhand that, the, king, the the refs aren't going to call everything. The refs don't want to foul out every single yeah. player on the court. Yeah. Yeah. So if we go and beat them up early, maybe we'll cop a couple of fouls, maybe they're getting the bonus in the first quarter the first couple of minutes, but it's not going to be told that way the whole game. And they go and win a 3 piece. So it's, it's not something, to be honest, Trev has ever addressed, saying let's be more aggressive yeah. at home because we're going to get fouls called for us. We literally don't talk about the refereeing, whether it's yeah. home or away. And... Trev, even if he's very, very frustrated on the sideline, and don't get me wrong, we've all seen it, he certainly (laughs) does get frustrated, whether it's home or away. He's never come into a locker room after a loss and said, boys, we lost that because of the referees. There was something out of our control. He would never say that we lose because of something out of our control. So that's one thing I I really do respect. So I can compare if 40 is feeling how I was, you know, whenever we played Adelaide, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of in that two, three-year period, then, yeah, you do feel that frustration. You go back and watch video and it's never as bad as it felt during the game. Uh, but I remember just having an immense respect for the style of play, in particular when Adelaide were at home. It felt like they went to a new level where whatever five guys are on the court, we're told, go penetrate, get on the ring, and let's. And Childress was there, yeah. and we'll see what happens. Uh, and they lived at the foul line. So, And they, I think they were minor premiers or second that year. Yeah, second uh, to those, Melbourne, those minor, yeah. Second to yeah, okay. Um, and yeah, so credit to them. They bowed out in the semi-finals, but it got them to the semi-finals playing some great basketball.
1: When you're when you were on the home team as Perth, I mean, whether or not it's a real thing or not with the officials, did you always notice that the opposition team, whether it's real or not, comes in thinking that things are against them? Did, did you always feel like oh, yeah. that they'd already made up their mind that things were going to go against them before the game even started?
2: Yeah, I had two years with uh, Western Eurasia yeah. back, or one year Western Eurasia back, to the be sure which yeah. age yeah. I had to. And I knew day one of the rookie, we hate Perth. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I hate Perth. and and funnily enough, you know they were, you know I, finished, I think they finished sixth one year when the top six made the finals yeah, yeah. out of eighteen. Yeah. They were finishing kind of third and fourth consistently. They hadn't won a minor and premiership for a long time, so the hatred wasn't based on the success they were having, but they were a different team to play in Perth, and I just remember. Yeah, for whatever reason, pretty much it's, it's instilled in you day one when you join the NBL, <laughs> the first thing to be the most hated team. Uh, and I, I was told that and I felt that. And I remember losing a Challenge Stadium and being frustrated going, yep, no wonder everyone hates them. <laughs> but I, I, I think it was one of those things that if you go in with a belief, it's a lot easier to see. Uh, and I was one of those players. So if you're told this is going to happen, it might happen in seven other places, but all of a sudden the awareness is there start seeing it. It's like when you buy a pink car all of a sudden and you think you're the only person with a pink car but can't stop seeing them. If you're told, hate this club and they get unfair calls, yeah. you know what? Every home team gets unfair calls but statistics would tell you we get more of those 50-50s but whether it's because we put a referee in more of those positions to have to make it, you know, who knows. But I, I do remember exactly what you said. Perth is not a like team outside. Mm. When you cross the Pilbara, <laughs> you don't really like Perth <laughs> from an NBL perspective. No.
1: Now, the, this current Wildcats team, eight-game winning streak ahead of this game against the Kings tonight, which will be another fascinating, fascinating one. Are you even surprised by how well they are going right now?
2: I am, and a lot of it came down to how good Mooney was going to be and, for me, how long it was going to take. When we picked up Blanchfield, I was like, wow. As far as I'm concerned, Landfield is a you know a great player in the league, and if you can't have three imports... He is as good as mm-hmm. any team, had a third import last year, sure. if not better. And and you know what? Better, to be honest. He's more like a, a second import yeah. and you get to have a buy. So we've got someone who's equivalent to a second import. Then we picked up Mooney, who I had no idea how good he was gonna be, and he's a first team All nbl So when you replace Nick Kay slash Miles Plumley with <laughs> you know, obviously Maju Maju they're bringing in Mooney if we got told was we going to be first team all NBL, I would have predicted them to win minor premiership over Melbourne. Sure. But instead, I went with Melbourne. It was just a matter of you're bringing in someone who's expected to pick up not only the scoring slack, but the screening ability and the the minutes and you know all the things that Nick Kay slash Miles Plumley did. We were right. asking that of Mooney, and right. to date, he has lived up to it and exceeded it. And then you got Blanchard saying Torico White won us a lot of games now. Todd hasn't necessarily taken game-winning shots, but he's put the club in a position where it doesn't come down to a game-winning shot because he scored 14, 15, 16 points on a consistent basis. So them adapting to the offensive structure, the defensive game plan, and being able to implement their role within the team so quickly after only five games. By game six, the boys are rolling. Mm. So that was the big question mark that I had. I think the biggest turnaround, though, has been Norto's. Ever since going into the hub, I think he's been the unsung hero. Bryce has gone to another level again, which is incredible considering how good he was last season. Mooney's been spectacular. Blanchfield, to be honest, is who I expected him to be a mm-hmm. very, very good player who is in, going to embrace this system. But Norto, I think, is having his best season today. It's just a bit sort of overshadowed by how good Bryce, yeah. Mooney, and Blanchfield are.
1: Melbourne United as well. They're, they're now on a five game winning streak, but mm-hmm. it was a horror blow, Jack White. Rupturing yeah. his, his Achilles. You know well, you know what an Achilles feels like. Um, So how much does that hurt them? And does that mean they now n- do need to potentially make a move on that second import or at least bring somebody in to, to replace him, do you think?
2: Yeah, it, it will be interesting. I think they will. I, I think at the end of the day with the players they've got on that roster, it, it's such a tough position to be in for them because the league is so tight. Yeah. And as cliche as it sounds, on any given night, you know, number nine on the ladder can beat number one. But because of how good they are on paper on paper, even without white, the expectations for them to win it from everyone. (laughs) Everyone thinks that how how can they possibly lose it is more so the mindset. And with that type of pressure, you really want to do whatever it takes to secure it. And they've already spent a lot, so the mindset might be, let's just spend a little bit more and Mm. see if we can improve again. And I think they will. I I do think they will. But they're a fantastic team without White and without another import. But they will miss him because he's (laughs) a very, very, very good defender Great rim protector, render the lane. Rebounder. Great, great, great. He just plays every single possession yeah. like it is his last. And some people talk about it like go out down, and play it like it's your last. Very few do it, to be honest. Yeah, you yeah. know, people take shortcuts here and there. They get their brass back while they're on the court. He doesn't. He'll run the lane yeah. every time. He'll get in a stance, a stance, He'll go and contest, and he contests late, which takes away the opportunity for a drop-off pass. Like he's a great defender, a great teammate. He inspires his teammates with his hustle. Yeah. And then because he's a possession winner, that's what I think is going to be noticed the most is who steps up now. Now, McCarron and Illy, you know, I have no doubt will, but he was the best added on their team as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So they'll miss his natural leadership where he leads by example. And to be a rookie who was playing so, so well and was cool, calm and collected, he would have played 30 minutes a game during the final series. So where do they make up that 30 minutes? They do have the ability, they do have the skill, but it's a different type of skill where it's kind of, the players they're bringing in to replace him currently have a similar skill set. They're great scorers. (laughs) The the type of player he is, I can't see anyone on that roster being able to slot into that type of role. Mm. And it goes a long way in the postseason with how tight the games will be. If it comes down to two or three possessions, Mm. their three possessions, Jack, may have won you off an offensive rebound. Well, there was that guy against the Wildcats early in the season that he
1: won yeah. just on that offensive rebound,
2: wasn't, didn't he? Exactly. He just came flying yeah. in, dumped above the pack. Yep. His athleticism is brilliant. You're just kind of underrated. You didn't realise it till he came out and you saw it with your own eyes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ed, Ed, don't get me wrong, as a rookie, and possibly the best rookie class that I can remember, yeah. he could have been rookie of the year and the only reason he wouldn't have been is if it goes to DJ. But it's an incredible rookie class with Giddy as well. Like, there's just... Every team, it seems, has a great rookie. So, yeah, I, I, I feel for him. I, I ruptured my left Achilles, you know, as a 21-year-old. I you know, tore my left. I pulled him into retirement. I tore my right. That's what we made me miss out on the grand final mm. series versus New Zealand and pretty much the London Olympic campaign. So, you know, I hope he comes back better. I hope he manages to get back the next six to nine months where he's improving his game because you can get better even when you're injured. Um, and I, I look forward to a, an incredible career in the NBL if uh, the league <laughs> manages to hold on to him.
1: Mm. The Brisbane Bullets, now, they're playing with a lot of heart right now. You look at their win last oh. night against the Laura Hawks and Lamar Patterson didn't have much impact because he fouled out so quickly. They didn't have Vic Law, they still didn't have Tanner Krebs and they still got a win on the road and they, they did, a, did a great job. But now that Vic Law's out for the season, um, yeah. what, what, what are you expecting from the Bullets? Is the addition of Patterson enough to, to keep them in the finals hunt or do you think that it's going to make it tough?
2: Yeah, it makes it really tough. Sobi has been incredible this season and I can't see him slowing down, to be honest. Just his, his grit, his mental toughness, his determination to be the best on court every single game. You know, that is something that's ingrained in him and he's got the skill set to back it up. So, so is right. going to continue what he's doing. I just look at the rest of the roster and think, you know, it hasn't been the Patterson we're expecting all season, obviously mm. starting in New Zealand. Where is that? You know, Kadi was brilliant. You know, yep. he just lit it up. So, I think, you know, Kadi is definitely capable of putting out a performance like that. Sobe's will continue to be himself. But I just, I think they're going to be a 500 club for the rest yeah. of the season. They'll win one, drop one, win one, drop one. And it's going to be off the basis of someone outside of Sobe getting hot for a game, whether mm. it's be on the arc like Chase or someone else. I just Yeah. Probably yeah. That's right. It's going to be someone different. Hodgson, I love yeah. when they play the two towers. So they've got the ability to win games. I just don't know how consistently they'll be able to do it, especially at the back end of the season where that top, the four teams ahead of them do not want Brisbane Chomping on their heels, and every game means a lot more to them. when Brisbane maybe starting to think, "Oh, postseason's just around the corner." Sorry, offseason's yeah. just around the corner. Are
1: you concerned about the Allura Hawks now? They've lost three in a row, and I don't know. They just that that game last night might have been the one that kind of broke their back to, to me. That seemed like a pretty a pretty devastating blow in a game that they they had no right losing for a lot of it.
2: Yeah, it's, I love watching Harvey in particular at one end and Simon at the other defensively. And so they've, they've got the ability to do something special in the postseason. I, I don't think the depth is there uh, that they would really require to probably win the whole thing. But they have the ability because of how special Harvey is. And then and then when Jessup gets going, you know he can put points up. You know, Ogilvy, bear So, like, you run it off. They've got When I mentioned Brisbane are going to rely on someone to get hot, Illawarra can have two or three guys. Mm really get going, so and on a consistent basis. So I think they're the biggest threat outside of that top four still. But uh, if they start dropping more, it's going to be just too much of an uphill battle. Yeah. And they'll they'll, they'll disrupt the top four, and that could come down to an Illawarra game that determines minor premiers versus second place or third versus fourth. But I just don't think they're going to sneak in there anymore, even though I do love watching how they play when they're going.
1: They've mm. got a fascinating decision to make as well now that Daniel is back. So... They mm. initially signed AJ Ogilvy as his injury replacement, but he's their captain. So now, <laughs> so now, once once Cam Bairstow is back fit, somebody has to make way for Greta to stay on the roster. Um, that's a mighty tough call. Is that? I mean, what do you, what do you think they do? Because I think I think they are very happy to keep Greta on the roster. So I don't. I think that's a natural choice that they're going to make.
2: Yeah, is a long term yeah. player. You know, you, you want to be able to keep him at the club. You want to be able to keep him happy. Oh, it's a tough one. I actually didn't realise that to <laughs> mm. me. I don't get you can cut your captain, if, can you? I was going to say, if they're in contention for making the playoffs, I think you've got to keep AJ. Just yeah. a big body yeah. experience. And like you said, your captain. Mm. If they're probably out of contention, then you're looking and you're looking towards the future. You know, it's a decision Gord has got to say is is AJ in my plans for 2021, 2022? Yeah. And if he doesn't answer yes, then it's going to be. One of the toughest decisions and one of the more surprising ones I've seen to see AJ be asked to step aside for Dan Greeter. but it comes down to where you're at currently and where you want to be in years to come. But if they're a playoff team, you're keeping AJ, I think, and is going to play in many playoffs in years to come, and he's going to have a lot of teams chasing his signature in years to come. But right now, you're going with who's your best lineup to win your championship, and, and I think you need a big body there for when, you know, if you look at a, a Melbourne, you're going to come up against, you know, possibly the best big man in, in the league right now in Landale. You know, if you come up against Perth, you're coming up against the best four-man in the yeah. league yeah. in Mooney. Southeast. you've got Creek, Wetzel. Uh, you know, there's some some quality bigs, and I'll you're going to want well, AJ's mate. experience. Humphrey, yeah, you're going to want some, want some experience in that position and a big body. And just physically, that's what AJ offers opposed to a greeter.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think Froling and and Adele and Deng Deng are probably big enough to be able to, to, to hold it down on their own. Um, mm. Last one before we get to your Boomerang Award for this week. I want to get your thoughts on Josh Giddey. Um I saw uh, the latest prediction for the 2021 NBA Draft come out this week. They had him at number nine. I think six months ago he was probably number 30, 40 or 50. I think what he's doing in the mm. NBL is similar to what um, we saw the Mello Ball do to just skyrocket him up the up the charts. How impressed are you with what you're seeing in terms of the all-round game? Because every part of his game seems to be getting getting better right now, including his, his three-point shooting.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I love the similarities between the two players. So the mm. Mello probably had more you know, razzle-dazzle with his ball-handling skills. But they both have incredible vision. They're both so calm out there. It's rare to see Giddy frustrated or not under control, and that's the exact same thing with Lamello. It didn't matter when the Wildcats played Lamello, whether we doubled him, went under, ran traps at him, you know, sent it to the big. He just had the same body language. He wasn't phased. He made the right decision. Got doubled. Okay, I'll send it to the open band. He went under. Okay, I'll shoot the three. He played a very simple style with a very high skill level. And that's what I loved about it. And his vision. His vision and his passing is what set him apart from the other guards last season. Yeah. Plus, obviously, at 6'8, man, he could rebound really well. So I'm loving what he's doing because now his shot is dropping as well. So had he not got injured, and maybe he still will, but he was the rookie of the year in the NBA. Um, and then you look at Giddy. Like I said, Giddy doesn't have the razzle dazzle ball handling, but he's very safe with it. He makes the right decision. You go under, he shoots a three. You double team and He's happy to make the drop off pass to the open man. His basketball IQ, his height, uh, his athleticism. You know, I love that. I saw the predictions. I hope they're right. I hope he goes in that top ten. Yeah. And I don't think an NBA team would be disappointed because he's going to make the superstars on that NBA team look even better because of his you know unselfishness. There's a reason why Adelaide's Adelaide started so hot and now uh, you know through injury they dropped right off and it might be too little too late mm. but Giddy has been in my opinion incredible and I mentioned that rookie class and even though I thought I have White probably ahead of him and, and maybe DJ, mm-hmm. DJ Giddy and White, that's three superstars Giddy's probably the one that'll go to the NBA yep. but all three of them are going to have incredible careers wherever they play out yeah, Absolutely and
1: it's amazing to think he's grown and since he's been in Adelaide too so he, he has not <laughs> finished he's growing <laughs>
2: That's amazing. Uh, he is going to thrive in every league he plays in because he's got that style of games. Whether it is in the NBL, he'll be a first team All NBL player for a long time. Whether it's in Europe, he'll be a top tier European player. Whether it's the NBA, he's going to have a long career. He just has that style of play. And when you're doing it at six foot eight, coaches just want to have your signature uh, on their roster.
1: Haven't mentioned defense too much, but you're here because because you're the best defender in NBL history. That's what the Demo Award is. That's why Boomerang are here to support us here on here on the show, Demo, and we're here to talk about your Defensive Player of the Year update as well. A couple of new faces and a couple of big fellas in in the in the votes for this yeah. week, which was good to see. But the one vote is a familiar face.
2: It is, and I got to see him live. I called the game and just mentioned him earlier in the show, Mitch Norton. I've, I've said this a few times and I just stick with it each time I get to see. I think there's three guys that are separating themselves from the pack and my, my points probably reflect that. I, I Like I said, don't tell me mm-hmm. the leaderboard. I don't want to be influenced by it. But Mitch Norton, Sunday dead, and, and obviously Simon, mm-hmm. at John, um, Simon at Illawarra, John Simon at Illawarra, he's like, what's going on there? Um, the three of them are at one level and then there's probably four or five in the pack chasing them and um, mm-hmm. probably led by someone like a John Mooney. But for me, Norto just doesn't get blown by it, or very rarely gets blown by. It. And even when a, an offensive player is on his hip, he still plays with his hands out wide, plays with his chest and makes sure it's a contested shot and he's angling them towards the help defense or towards the corner away from the ring. So Casper Ware I thought was brilliant against the Wildcats. I, he, he was just determined to go and you know put on a show and in the first half he was kept reasonably quiet by Nordo second half he got going had different players guarding him you know scored on Norto a few times as well but it's all contested tough shots you know what at the end of the day great players are going to make some of those it's just making sure when you watch a video you've stuck to your game plan you're forced into the shot you wanted them to take and you've contested it and Norto ticks the boxes for all those but night after night I'm just seeing him taking charges Mm -hmm. I'm seeing him staying in front of guys who technically are faster than anybody slides his feet reads the game reads what the opposition going to do and just doesn't get blown by it's mm. blowing my mind <laughs> it doesn't get blown by <laughs> yeah. uh, and so yeah he, he's going to get one point uh, and then two points it's, it's actually hard to separate these guys but when you hear the numbers for the, mm. the leader the three, it's hard not to give him the three points but I've got Wetzel at, at two points uh, you know just blocking shots rebounding the ball he's such a big lad I, I think people realise mm. that if he catches the ball deep at one end it's pretty much all but a bucket and at the other end, if you're trying to score over him, you better put some more air on that ball if it's a floater, or you better go up aggressively. Otherwise, he's going he's gonna to block it and throw it out of the stands. Like he was very good, in my opinion. Back to back wins. I mentioned some of their superstars, in you know Mitch Creek returning, Ryan Brokoff, name a few. But yeah, I just thought the big fella was the rim protector. Set the tone, and it just meant someone like an Adenham could crawl in and be a bit more aggressive defensively. Gibbo, you name it, they feel good getting into their defenders. A glidden when you know you've got the big guy behind you, blocking shots and making sure he in help defence.
1: And the the three votes. How how good is it to see a genuine big fella? He's not athletic <laughs> at all, but it's great to see there's still a place in the game for somebody as big and as dominant as as Colton Iverson.
2: When you say the surname Iverson in basketball, <laughs> you're expecting crossovers, stepbacks, three pointers. No, nah, not not this time. We're going we're going for twenty two rebounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean both games, but the last couple of weeks he's been phenomenal on the glass. But yeah, the twenty four and twenty two in a losing effort. Mm-hmm. Had he not produced twenty two boards, you know, it wouldn't have been nearly as close a game. The breakers have picked up an absolute beast and he'll continue to get better. I mean those numbers are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But when you're getting as many rebounds as he is, and I've mentioned this about Mooney, it's just hard to win a game because you've got a lack of possession. So you yeah. better shoot the ball well or play a high-paced fast, high game so there's going to be more possessions, And, you know, that's, in the end that's what happened. But, yeah, 22 rebounds, credit to him. Iverson did not stop the whole game. Absolute beast. And the least I could do was give him the Defensive Player of the Year because he was there in every possession, Mm. blocking shots, defending, contesting, and then turning around, boxing out, and going, getting the ball. his teams could go and try and put some points on the board. So, yeah, good on you, big fellas, this (laughs) week. Uh, Iverson, Wetzel in particular, just fantastic on the board.
1: No, fantastic. So if you do want to know the update to the leaderboard, go and check out our social media pages because we don't want to corrupt the the little mind of, of Damien Martin here on the show. But um, Damien, I think we'll, we'll leave it there. It's been a pleasure to have you step in for Sean. And, and let, let's be honest, over the last 10 or 11 years that I've known you, I've seen this happen a lot. So you replaced Sean as captain at the Perth Wildcats. You've now replaced him on the commentary team on the NBL broadcast. And, and who silly, knows, this silly. could be the audition to, to replace him as the regular co-host here on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle as well. Hey,
2: mate, I'm, I'm trying to get his kids to call me dad, so we'll see how we go. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, good on you, mate. All the best. and I'm looking forward to not only tonight's game, Sydney v. Perth, yeah. but I'm hoping they let Casper say whatever he wants and he and Bryce can really yeah, get into it, so. as long yeah. as it's just between the two of them and, uh, and what should be a, an absolute classic after what's happened the last fortnight and for to resume his position on the sideline and, and let's see if what he said has mm. paved the way for a few calls going their
1: way. Absolutely. So thanks very much, Damo, for joining us and when I come back... I'll be with Maddie Knight. Okay, I'm joined again by Maddie Knight here on the Tab Touch preview, and plenty, plenty to get through, Maddie. So I'm looking forward to having, having a chat as you join us from Melbourne this week here with your, your WA State country team, and we'll get to that get to that shortly. Um, we haven't spoken in a couple of weeks, a lot's happened since then. Um, how do you how do you see the way the league's shaping up right now do you, do you think do you think Perth and Melbourne are starting to open up a bit of a gap or how do you, how do you see the league shaping up right now?
0: Yeah no um, I think the top two teams Perth and uh, Melbourne United are starting to separate themselves mm. and look third down to about seven or seventh it's, it's a low jam down there and as just seen last night. Uh, Illawarra were in fourth lose to Brisbane Now they drop down to six So Every game's very important But yeah I see uh, Perth and Melbourne moving uh, Starting to state their claim For the top two teams
1: Before we have a look at the rest of the games Now ahead in Round 13 I wanted to touch on that game Last night in Illawarra Between The Hawks and the Bullets Um, What did you make of the result? To me it's a it's a win that the the bullets probably they probably weren't banking on given they were they were down a little bit on manpower, but uh, to me it's a big loss for the Hawks and it's going to take some bouncing back.
0: Yeah, no, obviously uh, Brisbane Brisbane were desperate to get that win. Obviously, having a three game losing streak um, heading into Illawarra, where normally a tough place to play, but coming out with a win was massive. I actually just ran into CJ and uh, Bruton mm. at the airport, yeah. so he was telling me that. Um, they're struggling with injuries right now. Mm. So to get a win last night, it's massive. But, um, yeah, obviously injuries are going to play a massive part. I think the Illawarra, it's going to be tough to make that final four. Um, They just can't play consistent basketball right now. They're they're good for a couple of games, and um, they just go missing. So I think, uh, yeah, they might be one of the teams right now that miss out on that fourth spot.
1: Yeah, you think it's going to take something... Pretty special to turn it around from here with the bullets. Interested to get your thoughts on them. Maybe you can fill us in on a little about what CJ told you. But as far as we know, it looks like Vic Law might now miss the rest of the season. They've just got Lamar Patterson back, but um, they're still winning games of basketball and they're still in the top four race, even though they have been playing without an import now for a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. Now speaking to CJ and Greg Bandis, it sounds like uh, War done for the year. Yeah. Um, obviously, Lamar's coming back from. Uh, his injury and he fouled out in 12 minutes last night, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably not but ideal. Just touching but on that, could you believe some of those phantom calls? He got some horrible calls against him.
0: Yeah, no, um, yeah, you've got to watch this, Shane. It's very interesting. Um, Yeah, I sometimes they see it different to what players and spectators see, but like you've been, everyone gets told they're human and they've got to make a split second mm. decision. But, um... Yeah, some of those calls, you just got to wonder what they actually see. Uh, but no, obviously, the more game time Lamar gets, the better it'll be for him. Yep. Especially now, all gone, they need Lamar to step up. Um, well, Nathan, it, might actually,
1: it might actually be good for him because they're kind of similar players in some ways, so he probably only needed one of them. Lamar can come in and be the man like he was the last two years now for Brisbane in a lot of ways. Exactly.
0: So he's going. him and Sobey can drive that one-two yep. punch because uh, they need Because Nathan can't do it all by himself. Um, He's had a great season so far, but to be successful, you always need that second second scorer for the Perth, like they had Bryce, Terrico, this year it's Bryce and Mooney. So you always need that second scorer. So If the Mar can get fit, stay healthy uh, and get back to the Mar from last year, I think Brisbane can sneak into that third or fourth position.
1: I think so too. Now, Thursday night, round 13 continues. It's a big game. It's the Sydney Kings against the Perth Wildcats. Once again, it they seems like they're playing each other a lot lately. We saw them play twice last week as well. Perth got both of those wins. Um, so Tab Touch has got the Kings. Outsiders at $2.12. The Wildcats are at $1.72. This game's at Kudos Bank Arena. What are you expecting from this one, Maddie?
0: Yeah, no, obviously, uh, forty was quite upset mm. after the last game. Um, I don't he didn't deserve the fine. Everything he said, it's true. Um, yeah. I don't think he... Probably went after the like some coaches have, so mm-hmm. I don't understand the fine and all that, but um, yeah, but I think uh, he'll have the boys fired up. It's probably going to be in the referee's did. Mm-hmm. They're on their home court. Um, Martin's about playing some pretty good basketball, so Perth, they've been on a high for a while, but um, it'll be interesting to see whether they can back it up or not, so I think uh, Sydney may get this one tonight, just based on Forty's going to have them fired up. They're going to be upset about the result they had over here last week. They they had the game until uh once again mystery call on Casper.
1: Yep, yep.
0: So I think Sydney tonight.
1: No, you're right. I mean, Casper was doing such a great job on on Bryce, but then once he got his fourth foul, moved off Bryce. Bryce took the game over. It it definitely changed the game. I wanted to actually get your thoughts on on what Forty had to say, Matty, because you come from. A unique perspective. You played against Perth in Perth for for a number of years, and then you were playing for Perth in Perth for a number of years. And probably unlike my other co-hosts here on the show, Sean and Sean and Dama, you've probably taken your red red goggles off a little bit. You probably look at things a little bit more from an unbiased view now in retirement. I think that's that's you know a fair. Yeah, to, no, definitely. <laughs> I think that's fair uh, to say. So, yeah. so I mean, what is it about? Playing in Perth, that you know, when you come in as an opposition team, you're going to get the bad run of the green with the referees. What? Why is it? Why is it worse in Perth than seemingly anywhere else in the league? I
0: think 13, 000, 13 000 screaming, 13,000 screaming <laughs> yeah. fans. I think uh, yeah. plays plays a massive part. Um, I don't know what it is referees intimidated, mm. but yeah, you got to think as well. Each game you probably get one or two Perth referees, so. Yep. It's already uh, typically that way. But um, I think coming over here, you know you're going to get screwed over no matter what you do. So you've got to put that behind you. I know it's tough to get set the calls, but after that, you've just got to go play. Yeah. Yeah, it is tough. But like I said, I um, you know, even thought sometimes uh, it sometimes make up calls on you. Yeah. But yeah, opposition teams, you oh. can't bite. You've just got to go out there and play. Most teams now I'll know when you come over here that there's a good chance you will get screwed by the referees, so you just going to bite your tongue and just try and play through it.
1: When you're a Wildcats player, do you feel like you do get do you feel like you do get the good run of it when you're out there playing or do you not really notice it?
0: You don't really notice it when you're actually out there playing because sometimes you look at the foul count and all that mm. and it's uh, in your favour. But um yeah, you do. I feel like when playing for Sydney, you come over here, and will be tall where you'd be like, "Hang on a second, what did I do wrong?" Yeah, and then you go down the other end, and it's the opposite. So it's are like, "Hang on, what's going on here?" Mm. But the quicker you can adjust the referees, the
1: better. Sure. The better you're in. Was there any, was there ever an away venue that you played that was similar? Was there anywhere where you did feel like you went in as a Perth player and felt like? This was going to be a tough
0: night yeah. in terms of the referees? Yeah, it can. Okay, um, yep. They, they look to screw you over, the North <laughs> Queensland referees. Yep. But uh, they had some calls there. You knew going to get screwed over that north. So you have to try and bite your tongue. Obviously, people say, playing first, get this after. heading over there, Queensland. The North Queensland referees seem to try and even it up. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, but
0: uh, I think just in general... Um, the referees are holding the league back, it I does, think.
1: It does feel like they haven't gone up the same standard as the play on the, the players, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, no, the referees are Yeah, the league's in a really good spot right now. And to make it together next level, we need the need referees to come back. There's too many re- replays right now. It's going down the league. It's just... Um,
1: they're taking too long, aren't they?
0: Yeah. There. And, yeah, like I've always said, i 100% correct. And, yeah, they're going to find like, just things like that. Like you're telling the truth, and everyone knows that you can't find a guy speaking the truth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you wonder if he does get fined if he's not a rookie coach. If Brian Gorgian says that same thing, does does he get fined?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, fascinating discussion. We could keep talking about it all day, probably. Oh. <laughs> but, but um, sorry, you, you got the Kings on Thursday night, Maddie?
0: Yeah, I'm picking Sydney oh, tonight. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The Titans play some good basketball. They will not doing that top three-fourth spot, so they only to just win. And
1: then Friday night, this is a fascinating game. Short turnaround for the Hawks, coming off that tough loss last night against the Bullets. They're back at home, but they're against the South East Melbourne Phoenix team that's building some form again as well, and, and I think probably getting very close to getting Kiefer Sykes back in their lineup too. Yeah, no,
0: it's probably getting a bit tougher for the Hawks. Um, South East played basketball, and Ryan broke had a... Yeah. Probably... A breakout game, and that could be dangerous for other teams if it continues to build off that. Um, yeah, I think East should be way too strong for a while.
1: I haven't had a chance to ask you about this. Are you comfortable with Mitch Creek being back out there playing, or how would have you handled that situation?
0: Yeah, I don't know. one. We come out of and see, oh, into a court case. Court case gets adjourned. Now you're mm. about playing. Um, yeah. It's a tough one we've got the NRL, we've got the stand-down policy, yeah. AFL, the opposite, so it's a tough one, because uh, obviously Anderson's proven guilty, but sure. the charges are quite serious. Are. Um, but no one knows just what happened in the play-out court, but it's a tough one. Mm. You can see an argument
1: both sides. Yeah, for sure. Two big games on Saturday, and I'm really looking forward to this first one. First time for the Wildcats to visit Adelaide for this season, and and Adelaide not playing too bad. So they'll they'll now have Josh Giddy back They're working Brendan Paul back into the lineup. Isaac Humphrey's not quite ready to play just yet. But I, I think this will be a tricky one for the Wildcats. So Adelaide hosting Perth on Saturday.
0: Yeah, no, will be interesting. And, um, Josh Giddy starts playing some good basketball. Yeah. And they're in Adelaide. It's always a tough place to play. And coming off the game tonight for Perth, um, it'll be tough. Mm. I was surprised to see me playing Adelaide. Uh, depending on the results tonight, though. Uh, Perth, they might really drop two in a row. So um, I think Perth would be too strong for Adelaide, even though Josh is fast. I feel Perth has got too much to price and uh, Mooney the way they're playing right now.
1: Yeah, I think without Humphreys it, til- it tilts things Perth's way. But if Humphreys is there, it potentially a little bit of a, a different story. Then second up on Saturday. This will be an interesting one too. Melbourne United up against the New Zealand Breakers and the Breakers now got some some manpower back. They've got William McDowell White in the lineup and they'll also have Levi Randolph for the first time.
0: Yeah, no, I, mean, uh, I was mm. about, uh, what twenty points, twenty two rebound efforts. Yeah. So uh gonna have his hand full, but no, I still think Melbourne has played to perform at the right time, so they'll be uh they'll be too strong for yep. the deal with.
1: Then Sunday, this will be a real, this will be a cracker. 2 inform teams, obviously, they play before that this round, so we'll see how they go first up. But the Sydney Kings up against the South East Melbourne Phoenix.
0: Yeah, no, it's probably a couple of teams today. To yeah. Um, yeah, depending on results earlier in the week, um, it could be a very fascinating game. But I really like what South East is doing. I broke off as out of another dimension. Mm-hmm. They're already scoring power. And as Sight is almost back, so you get him back as well as Creek. Quite a five power firepower there. I think uh, South
1: East.
0: yeah, Melbourne's going to place a really good basketball right now.
1: And then second up on Sunday, both these teams could really need the win by the time they play. So it's the Illawarra Hawks hosting the Cairns Taipans.
0: Yeah, no, I think, unfortunately, for both these teams don't want to make final. It looks like it. Especially the Hawks, uh, I'll see beforehand, uh, as the game can to, a day. I that now you have to another
1: interesting game Monday night so the round continues right up until um early next week Melbourne United hosting the Brisbane Bullets
0: Yeah no uh so three game there for him. the injuries are it's starting take a cold one um, yeah. We're just running out of bodies right now. We've got a, a lot of young guys with us on, on this trip. And they
1: haven't been able to go so home think, for
0: a little while, too, now. No, I was speaking of that. They're down the road, eight out of the next 10 weeks. This yeah. time, like, after yeah. this game, they're off to Perth and then down to Kazi. So yeah. that takes its toll. Um, but no, I think Melbourne, we're too strong to see the injuries that yeah, Melbourne I and mean, Brisbane have right now. Mm.
1: And then on Tuesday, down to your old stomping ground, down to Launceston, the New Zealand Breakers are hosting the Perth Wildcats.
0: Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be interesting to what crowd they get down yeah. there. I'm sure on a, on a Tuesday night, it's um, the school holidays, so hopefully they get out and support it. But uh, that will be an interesting game. Um, I was New Zealand starting to play good basketball, mm. and getting their bodies and bodies back. But um, I think Perth, once again, He's difference. Yeah, I don't see anyone from New Zealand That can really go with him So I think he'll have another massive game And uh, the first will be too strong
1: mm. Okay so that's a, that's a Jam packed round 13 that we've got to go And then all of a sudden when we come back next week We don't have a day in between We'll be straight, in, <laughs> straight into the next round on Wednesday And we'll, we'll, we'll do it all again So we'll, we'll check out how your tips go And of course stay tuned to social media Maddie, And we'll, we'll have your, your multi-bet Selection this week, thanks to Touch, and hopefully raise some money for charity. Hopefully these teams start to do the right thing by you sooner, oh, or, no. later. So, sooner or later, it's Matty. <laughs> right now. Uh, but right now, you're coming to us from Melbourne. Tell us why, you, why you're there, and, and tell us what you're looking forward to over the next few days.
0: Yeah, no, the pool in Melbourne, we've got a Australian under-18 basketball championship. So I think it's one of the first national championships oh. to happen in Australia since COVID. So, it is, uh, it
1: absolutely is, yeah.
0: Yeah, so obviously there'll be a lot of tension on that. But yeah, nah, coaching WA Country Boys and um, looking forward to no expectations on it. The kids, they play hard. Country Boys never give up and they'll go out and do 110%. But it's good to see another side and uh, actually coach. Uh, got a good coaching staff around me which will help me. Yeah, so I'm nah, looking forward to the challenge and seeing how we end up. Mm.
1: You got some exciting young talent there. Obviously, over the years we've seen some some pretty exciting talent come from WA country areas. You have a look at Cam Glidden and Mark Worthington and 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 these these types. You, have you got some some similarly talented young kids that you've got under uh, in, in yeah, your squad?
0: He's a kid Rory Charles. Um, he can do. He's just a 3rd out basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah, he can get to the basket. Probably one of the quickest guards I've seen mm. in that age group. So uh, he's a basketball. He uh, really does a lot. Uh, Exciting, exciting.
1: Oh, fantastic! How much are you enjoying the coaching side of it? I don't, I don't think you thought coaching was quite in your future when you first finished playing basketball. But are you enjoying it?
0: Yeah, no, I'm enjoying the challenge. Um, obviously, uh, it's a learning it every day. So um, trying to control my emotions. Remember, I'm not a player anymore. <laughs> but I'm, I'm there to help and guide the young, young kids. Uh no, I'm enjoying the challenge and. Uh, yeah, definitely. This week will be a, a big challenge.
1: Mm. Now we haven't got none of us have been able to travel for a long time because of COVID. Is it <laughs> is it nice to get out get out and about for the? I, I assume this is the first time you've left left Perth for at least a year.
0: Yeah, no. It was good to get on a plane uh, and different state and city. Uh, yeah. I obviously been in Perth for sixteen months. It was good to get on a plane. It was different. Obviously everyone was might mm-hmm. not. Not most comfortable thing to fly with, but um, having the family, kids love to be able to get on a plane and travel. So really yeah, exciting
1: at that place. Good fun. Fantastic, Maddie. All right, we'll we'll come back next week and find out how you went over there, and we'll also hope to have raised some money for charity thanks to thanks to Tab Touch. And yeah, I've enjoyed the chat, Maddie Thanks very much for joining us, and good luck over the next few days. Cheers, mate. OK, I hope you've all enjoyed this episode of Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. Apologies for the changing format, but sometimes scheduling conflicts can't be helped. And when you're a busy man like the scoring machine, Sean Reddidge, these things unfortunately can happen, but hopefully you're pretty happy with the substitutes. Damien Martin, the six-time Defensive Player of the Year, the six-time NBL champion. And Maddie Knight, the multiple-time all-first NBL team member, three-time NBL champion, and one of the one of the best pure power forwards the league has ever seen. I hope I hope their insights were more than enough to make up for it this week here on Hoop Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Of course, thanks to Hoops 7 for making this show possible once again. Head to HoopSeven.com.au to check out the best basketball store in the country, or indeed if you're in Perth. Check them out on Murray Street in the Perth City. You won't be disappointed. And, of course, Maddie Knight was brought to you on that TabTouch preview. Thanks to TabTouch. So check them out at www.tabtouch.com.au. Check out all of the latest NBL betting markets. Hopefully Maddie will help you find a winner this week. And also check out our social media pages on Friday for the multibet. ...for the week from both Maddie Knight and Sean Reddidge... ...as they try to raise money for charity thanks to Tap Touch, ...but they also try to help you find a winner. Now remember to gamble responsibly. And of course, Damien Martin was brought to you by Boomerang... ...the finest basketball installation providers in the country... ...whether it's a, an above-ground system, a portable system, an in-ground system... ...or the best flooring that you want to find then Boomerang will have you covered. www.boomerang.com.au for more. And thank you. thanks to listening to Hoop7's Basketball Hustle, one lucky listener, thanks to Boomerang, can get 50% off an above-ground basketball system this week just for listening to the show. So just mention this show when you're contacting Boomerang and you can get 50% off an above-ground system. You can get 25% off an in-ground System, or you can get 50% off the custom flooring, which is out of this world. It'll make you feel like you're floating on air, but you can also customise the design to look however you like. So thanks to Boomerang, thanks to Hoop7, thanks to Tab Touch, thanks to Matty Knight, thanks to Damien Martin, and we'll be back again next week on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle.